Hello, and welcome to the Laverne Church of Christ podcast, and thank you for joining us. You can find us at 244 Old Nashville Highway, Laverne, Tennessee, 37086. We hope that any time you are in the area, you will stop by and join us for worship. Our Sunday morning worship is at 9 a.m., with Bible classes following. Our Sunday evening worship is at 6 p.m., and we also have a Bible study on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Today's scripture reading will come from Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. In your pew Bibles, that's on page 1037. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another, for each one shall bear his own load. Well, good morning. If your uh, house is anything like ours this past week, it was full of family, full of food, and anytime you have uh, that much food in your house, it means one thing, and that is leftovers. Uh, I, I enjoy the leftovers of Thanksgiving almost as much as I enjoy the regular meal, going back into the refrigerator and scooping out the parts that I like and all on top of each other and the marshmallows in the microwave kind of melt all over the place. That's just outstanding in my opinion. I heard a story not long ago about, and, and I, I grew up this way, when I was growing up, if you bought something like a ham or a turkey or especially for Thanksgiving had all that food, you didn't eat and weren't allowed to eat anything else until that food was gone. And uh, Man, it was pretty brutal eating ham for nine straight days. But I heard a story about a, a little five-year-old boy who was sitting around the table after about the fourth day of leftovers, and they gathered together for dinner that night, and, and the, the, the husband said, let's bow our heads, and the, the young man refused to bow his head, put his arms across his chest, and just let out a huff. And so the rest of the family, they bowed, and they prayed for God's blessings on the food, and they looked at the mom and said, son... What could be the problem? He said, well, you know, Mom, we prayed for this food about eight times. I think God's got it done by now. <laughs> I know sometimes I, I feel that way as well. I hope that your uh, weekend and your, your past week was fantastic. It's great to uh, have our, our service season with visitors like we have. We have so many back from college. It's great to see those. We have so many that are young adults that are back, and we have some parents and grandparents that are in town and visiting, and it's just fantastic to be together this morning. And uh, it's, just, it's just great. This is a, a fantastic season of the year. You know, the, the, the time changes and it gets dark. It seems like at noon and it's kind of depressing for a minute. And then along comes Thanksgiving, and along comes Christmas, along comes New Year's. And it just is a great time. Now, I usually mention something up here about football. I know a lot of people don't watch football, and that's okay. You can be a non-football person. That's fine. Um, but, wow, there were some pretty good games yesterday. It's called Rivalry Week. And uh, the teams that are typically considered rivals of one another square off kind of at the end of the season and play one another kind of as a grand finale. And it was a pretty good week for a lot of teams. Uh, a lot of fans in here of Michigan, uh, you had a pretty good second half. Uh, Tennessee had a pretty good uh, game as well. And Vanderbilt, they're on the upswing as well. They've got some teams that are, I'm not going to mention Ohio State because I know, I know Michelle would be mad. Uh, but that, that was a great season, such a great season by so many teams that are loved by people here. And I, I just love the idea of the camaraderie to gather around things like football. And, you know, when you think about rivalries, 
I, I know that people in here like to pick at each other about their teams and who they like and, and those long-standing traditional rivalries. And, but we do it in good, clean fun, and we love each other. But, you know, Satan is our biggest rival. And we need to face him like he is our biggest rival, not just one week into the year, but every single day. And think about every play of our life and how our life plays out and how Satan is constantly trying to tackle us to the ground trying to destroy who we are, trying to destroy us from the spirit outward. And we need to face him with the passion that we face our favorite sport or our favorite hobby or our favorite activity. We need to face him with passion to try to defeat him. One of the greatest blessings that I find being a member of the Lord's Church is the ability to be blessed by others within the body of Christ and to bless others within the body of Christ. What a great thing it is to be such, uh, part of such a wonderful family, a family that, that cares for one another and loves each other and takes care of one another in times of need and in times of sorrow and also is there to celebrate in times of joy and in times of peace and in times of plenty. Romans chapter 15 verse 1 says, We then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. It is a Christian, it is the Christian duty to take care of those people who need our care and our attention and our love and our concern. And it's one of the greatest joys that we have to be able to lift other people up when they're down. And I think that as Galatians chapter 6, our scripture reading says this morning, that we have to be spiritual. And in order to be spiritual... We have to be willing to stoop down and help those who are struggling. Because as verse number 2 says in Galatians 6, it will fulfill in our lives the law of Christ to reach down and help those who are in need. At the same time, though, at the same time, it is up to each Christian to become strong. To seek those things which would bring strength in our life, to to explore those things which would make us more steady on our Christian feet and to lay a firm foundation in our life and our service to God and our life for him. We must become strong. If you continue there in Galatians, the, the thought there, it says, but let each one examine his own work and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another for each shall bear his own load. This morning I want to talk about this idea of becoming a stronger Christian, a Christian that contributes far more to the church and far more to those people around him and far more in the community of which he has influence than he consumes. And I think oftentimes we as a church, we, we uh, uh, do a fantastic job reaching out to the lost and a fantastic job lifting ourselves up. But I want us each to examine our own selves this morning and our thoughts and ask, am I the kind of person that contributes more to the functioning and the operation of my home congregation, we have so many visitors, I'll phrase it like that, my home congregation, or am I a consumer of the outreach of that local congregation more so? Romans chapter 14, verse 12 says, "It is so then each of us shall give an account of himself to God. Is we, We're going to stand before God one day, and we're going to give an account of the things that we've done, that we've said, that we've thought, that we've not done, that we've not said, and that we've not thought while here in service to him on this earth. And I, it is our responsibility to pick ourselves up. Hebrews chapter 12, starting at verse 12, says, Therefore strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without 
which no one will see the Lord. How dependent upon you are you as a Christian? Are you the kind of person that needs constant encouragement and constant uplifting and constant help? And if so, look, I understand. Some people are in a bad spot. I understand. But the title of this morning's lesson is, Are You a High-Maintenance Christian? I think if we look at that word in high-maintenance, maybe you need to break it down for some people who haven't heard it. High-maintenance is something that constantly needs attention, constantly needs energy, and constantly needs uh, money, constantly needs those sort of things that are just, that they seem to be someone that constantly, and, and look, it doesn't have to be just the person. I have a car that seems to be high-maintenance. I get the check engine light off, and the next week, it comes back on in all its glory. Sometimes people that you work with are the kind of people that just, they're high-maintenance people. They need constant, constant praise and constant upkeep and constant watching. Or perhaps you have someone in your life, a significant other, that needs to be just constantly reassured that you love them with gifts and showers of affection and that sort of thing. And again, all those things are fantastic and all those things have their place. But as a Christian, are you high-maintenance do you need a lot of encouragements in, in order to show up to church? And we've all known people throughout the years, the kind of people that unless you call them during the week and invite them to come to church on service on Sunday morning, they tend to not show up maybe as often as they should. Or unless you, you come up to them personally and say, we, we need Bible class teachers. It's been announced from the pulpit several times. Would you please, would you pretty please be a Bible class teacher? We really need you. Are you a high-maintenance Christian? Do you need to be, uh, the words coddled and pampered come to mind? And, and there, by the way, there are, are people who absolutely should be, and are appropriately so, high-maintenance Christians. For instance, babes in Christ. We have a brand new brother in Christ, and he's going to need encouragement, and love, and compassion, and patience, and understanding, and friendship, and love, and conversation. And there are people that are, that are we have, one of the great things about Laverne is we have a lot of new converts. So many new converts. As a matter of fact, we have a new convert class. And that are for people who need a little bit more maintenance because they're new in Christ. You think of when you have a brand new baby and you bring them home. I guess you don't need to say the word brand new baby, do you? They're all brand new. When you, you bring a brand new baby home, they need lots. They are very, very high maintenance. They need lots of nurturing and, and compassion and love. And immature Christians are the same way. They need our attention and our love and understanding. But sometimes that word immature Christian could apply to someone who's been a Christian for years and years and years and years. Or maybe even churches as a whole might be high-maintenance churches, just the whole body. Galatians, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse, starting in verse 1, it says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as carnal. What words from the Apostle Paul? As babes in Christ. I fed you with milk, not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able. That was a high-maintenance church there in Corinth, a church that needed constant attention and constant... I mean, we, Paul had to write two very pointed letters to that congregation to correct some things that they had amiss within their assembly, and certainly it took a lot of his time and a lot of his prayer. Could you imagine uh, if Paul would have been able to focus on, on other cities and other goals and been more mission-minded, but he had to keep going back to Corinth and, and correcting things that they needed to be corrected on? 
What about in, in Philippians chapter 1, verse 3, you get the other side of it. I thank God upon every remembrance of you for always in every prayer of mine, making request of you with all joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. There is a low-maintenance congregation. So the Bible even points out that congregations can be high or low-maintenance. And it should be our prayer that the congregation at Laverne is a low-maintenance congregation functioning and working together in perfect harmony and perfect unity. High-maintenance. Well, where can be in high-maintenance help? First of all, we mentioned that before, but in newborn Christians. It should be our goal as a congregation to rally our support around those who are new in Christ. Amen. To love them. To, to make allowances when they make mistakes. You know, young children make mistakes because they don't always know the proper order of things, the way things should be done in a proper way. And so we have a new Christian in our midst, and they say or do something that you think, wow, they shouldn't say or do those things. That's okay. That's okay. A loving, nurturing, maturing, mature Christian should come to them and sit with them and, and speak to them, not at them. And say, my good brother, my good sister, now that you're a Christian, here's what the Bible says about this particular matter or that particular matter. Here's, what, here's, what the, the church, here's how the church functions and what can make the church successful and you successful as we strive together and labor for the Lord. Amen. What about high-maintenance Christians that are hurting? When someone loses a loved one and they emotionally are damaged. And they, they're at their home and they're, they're lonely and have lost someone that's been their companion for so long. Those are the folks that have the right to be high-maintenance Christians. And I, I know that the congregation here and, and every congregation I've been a part of reach out to those people with food and prayers and cards. And, and uh, I, I mentioned not long ago that my mother was uh, sick and, and she's received cards from people from this congregation that she doesn't even know. And in times when someone is having a hard time getting out of bed because of sickness, they have every right to be considered a high-maintenance Christian. Someone that needs our attention. Someone that we can absolutely overwhelm with the love of God. First Thessalonians chapter 4 says, Now I exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, and be patient with everyone. That is the call of Christ. In order to combat people when they, or in order to help people when they are weak, or when they're new. But you know, sometimes that being a high maintenance Christian can actually hurt the purpose and mission of the church. When it hinders the growth of the church, for instance. Uh, so, so uh, the the call of the church is to seek and save that which is lost. And sometimes it seems like we have to, and, and I'm, I'm I'm guilty of this too. Sometimes it seems we have to seek and save that which is saved over and over again and continue to continue to have to go to people and say you, you shouldn't be doing this and you and you can't be doing that and, and we need you to be at church and we need you to participate and we have programs and we have things that need to get done and we need to be outward fo focused and outward thinking and and when we're, we're so busy taking care of our own and we can't take care of others then it hurts the cause of christ does it take an undue amount of effort to keep you faithful? Does it take an undue amount of effort to work with a select few? And does that effort hold back the cause of Christ? Paul's desire was to preach and to teach as many people as he could, and as we mentioned before, he spent a lot of time doing maintenance on high-maintenance churches. 
And I thank God that the congregation at Laverne is not like this. Amen. What about when, uh, uh, how does it hurt, having a high-maintenance Christian, high-maintenance church hurts the cause of Christ? When serious needs go unmet, when those that are sick can't be attended to, when those who are suffering and mourning can't be comforted, when those Bible classes go untaught, when it's a struggle to, to have people to step up and step in to the cause of Christ, it hurts. It hurts. So what are we to do then? What are we to do when we find ourselves being a high-maintenance Christian or perhaps even part of a high-maintenance church? Is it, is it too much to think that we could, could grab ourselves by our own bootstraps and lift ourselves up? Yes, it is. But thank God, with his help, all things are possible. Amen. And we can lift up uh, our praise to God and our dedication to God and our devotion to God. You know, I, I've uh, often uh, subscribed to the belief system that if you're busy about the work of the church, you don't have a lot of time to complain about the personal things in your life. And when you have a, a bigger, better mission than you can possibly imagine, when you have goals, when you have ideas, when you have principles that are so much larger than who you are, then your life becomes full and becomes fulfilled with the mission and the grace of our God. We need to grow as individuals every single day. If you're not growing as a Christian, then you're becoming a high-maintenance Christian. If you're not flourishing as a Christian, if you're not busy as a Christian, if you're not outgoing and, and loving and outreaching and kind as a Christian, then you're becoming a high-maintenance Christian. We never reach the point we never reach the point in our Christian lives, no matter how young, no matter how old, no matter how wise, no matter how intelligent, we never reach the point when growth is not essential in our lives. Consider uh, Hebrews chapter 12, no, excuse me, Hebrews chapter 5, starting in verse number 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you've come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid, solid food belongs to those who are full, of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Oh, we need to eat solid food. Amen. We need to eat solid food. Uh, what, what, a, what a great week we had last week eating lots and lots of solid physical food around the table. But we need to eat the spiritual food of our Lord. And that doesn't happen just three times a week. That happens seven days a week. That happens all of our lives. That happens in the highways and the byways. It happens in our homes and in the streets. It happens in our, home, it works, it, our workplaces and in our schools. We need to be the kind of people known for our spiritual nourishment, our spiritual nutrition and our spiritual strength because we are willing to grow at all times and in all ways in our Lord. Strength from our brethren is, is absolutely helpful and absolutely needed, but what if every Christian here or every Christian in your home congregation was considered a super Christian and could, could just, I mean, just teach and preach and sing and memorize and knew their Bible, what would it be like to be part of a, a group of body where there was 
very little weakness. Where people were low maintenance and then could really strengthen themselves and set themselves up for time when the tempest comes and when the trouble comes, when they need to lean upon one another. We should all strive to reach the point where our strength comes from God. And we turn that strength back to our God and back to our fellow man and back to our congregation where we are all producers of good works and producers of good teachings and producers of Christians and not consumers of those things as much. High maintenance. High maintenance Christianity. And the purpose of the lesson this morning and and I wrote these notes to myself to be sure to, to say this, is not at all to be discouraging. As we've discussed, it is absolute, there are absolutely times in your life where you will need the assistance and the love and the care and the nurturing of your brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. And we should be there for people when they're in need, without question and without burden. And we have to be there to bear one another's burdens. It's just fulfills the law of Christ in, in our lives. But if you have consistently been the kind of person who consumes, how about making a decision this morning to be the kind of person that just decides, I'm going to produce. I'm going to contribute starting, you know, it's, it's that time of the year we start thinking about many things. We start thinking about uh, our budget, as, as Chuck talked about this morning, here's the congregation and as a family. We start thinking about our goals as a family for the next year. We start, start thinking about our goals as a congregation for the next year. We think about goals as our, as our, for ourselves for the next year. And we're going to make those resolutions in about a month from now. And hopefully we'll stick to those resolutions and be there two months from now. But as a Christian as a member of this congregation, of your home congregation. How about we all make the decision here and now, this morning, that we're not going to be a high-maintenance Christian, that we're going to be a strong, stable, firm, founded Christian whose feet are, as that that children says, the B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me, I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. How about we be B-I-B-L-E Christians? And start that journey here this morning. We'll close this morning with Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 9. He was slothful in his work is a, brother to him, is a brother to him who is a great destroyer. It's time to shake off the slothfulness if there's any in your life. It's ch- time to shake off the, uh, the desire to consume if that des- has been your desire in life. It's time to be the kind of people that are strong and that can reach out to others as individually and as a congregation. If you're here this morning and you have found yourself over the past years being a high maintenance Christian, why not make a commitment to change? And you don't have to come forward to do that. You can sit right where you are or stand right where you are and you can ask for God's help and assistance as you put away that nature in you that has been the person who's been high maintenance. And those, uh, those of you in the audience who consider yourself nice low maintenance Christians, then praise God that you're here. And how about redoubling those efforts? And sometimes, by the way, in order for someone to to break out of the mold of being a high-maintenance Christian, someone has to come to them, explain to them the steps necessary, the changes necessary in a person's life to turn it to where they can be strong. 
And so it takes boldness and it takes courage to go to folks and say, look, I've noticed that you've been here for several years and you, and, and you seem to be kind of stuck at a, at a certain level and I would like to help you achieve bigger and greater things in the Lord. And that's a boldness that's hard to say and it's a boldness that's hard to hear. But if you're here this morning, you're in a situation where you need help and you need prayers of the church, then we are ready, willing, and able to help you. Or maybe you're here this morning And you're not a high-maintenance Christian. You're not a low-maintenance Christian because, just quite frankly, you're not a Christian at all. And if you're here this morning, you're not a a baptized believer in in, in Jesus Christ. And if you haven't put him on in baptism for the remission of your sins, then it's the biggest issue that you face in your life. And as soon as you become a Christian, then it would be perfectly fine for you to be a high-maintenance Christian for as long as necessary to get strong. And the congregation here at Laverne wants to help you do just that. If you're outside the body of Christ and you're ready to step forward in boldness and bravery and say, I'm ready to put him on. I'm ready to put him on in this season of thankfulness. I'm ready to put him on in this this, uh, traditional holiday season. And I'm ready to go into this particular point of my life. I'm ready to make a change. Then this is your time. If you're this morning, you need this congregation's assistance. Won't you come forward? We'll stand and sing to encourage you. Thank you for listening to this message from God's Word. If you have any questions, please email them to us at office at lavernecoc.org. Once again, we thank you for listening, and we hope you have a blessed day.